All right. Welcome to Centered Sunday with your host, Sheree Shai Holmes. I am the business doula and I help ambitious, spiritually minded women monetize their purpose, navigate solo business development and break their financial glass ceilings. And today we have a treat. We have our guest, Jeremy Joyce of Black People Eats with us, and he's going to be sharing about his business how he started, um, some new things that are in store for Black People Eats, and how you can reach him and get in contact with him moving forward. Hey, Jeremy, thank you for coming on the show today. What's up? How you doing? Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And and I'm sure a lot of uh, my followers at least know that we're really good friends, so this is going to be a very interesting video slash podcast at the same time. So I want you I just want you to share today a little bit about why you decided to start Black People Eats. Where did that passion and that drive come from? So the real reason I started Black People Eats because I did not find a platform that specifically catered to Black-owned restaurants. I went to uh, this place called Italy. It's like Mariano's on steroids. I'm talking about this amazing gargantuan grocery store. And in this grocery store, I went around, they had something called the Oktoberfest. And I went around just eating. And I was like, I'm gonna record myself eating because most black men don't do that. So I just did it. And I sent it to one of my friends. And my homie was like, bro, this is your calling. I did like a little cheesy voice over. I need like a little cheesy voiceover. It was super wag. But it was not. I see. I've watched it quite a few times. I don't think it was. It was, it was cheesy. It was cheesy. But <laughs> but but what ended up happening was Sharice. Um, after that, I started to travel and I started to post these pages. I was going to have a travel blog, and I noticed that people did not really share my content, and I always wondered why. So I would go to the pages, and I noticed the pages was what either had white foodies or white restaurants, and if they did have black restaurants, they was in white neighborhoods. So after that. I said, you know what? I'm going to create. I kept going. I started getting irritated. Then months later, I said, I'm going to create something that will not only house black owned restaurants and black businesses, but also highlight them in a positive way only. Right. No negativity. And wait, I think that's a big point. Let's just pause right there. There's a big point of contention. I feel like um, knowing behind Uh the scenes of black people eat. I see people asking all the time, how come you don't post negative stuff? How come you never share what you don't like? Can you respond to the public for us here? Okay. <laughs> clear the okay. air. Okay, this is what I say. The reason me and people part of my team like Sharice and everybody else, the reason we do not post negativity is because African-Americans deal with so much negativity, period. From your parents, from your friends, from your school systems, from the police, from the world, from the the workforce. So my thing is, why share something negative when they have something positive? So one thing that I realized for myself was this. Okay, if I'm going to a restaurant, right? Like, I'm looking at Instagram Live. I'm going to a restaurant. So if I uh, go visit Crab Boss, right, when I go to the D.C. area, and his uh fried lobster tail is smacking why am i gonna go in there and say hey this was smacking but this wasn't smacking i'm only gonna highlight what's super good so that way we're embracing optimism and killing negativity because we deal with so much negative in the world right so i want to be one of the leaders of change and i think you change life by being optimistic that's why I personally decided to say, you know what, I am only going to post some positive, whether it's me, somebody from my team or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about this, man. Um, when you go to Grand Lux, Roof Chris, I promise you, it is so many people and black people at that. They'll go there, have something nasty and they'll give them a gift card and they come back. They go to black restaurants, get something nasty. They want to send a text to everybody. They want to write a bad review. Then they want to make a post on Instagram. Then they want to make a post on Facebook. Then they want to yelp you. And they want to leave you a Google review. But they don't do that when they go to other restaurants. So my job was I'm only going to highlight the positive in any restaurant, no matter what I go to. No matter what restaurant I go to, only going to be the positive. If it's something negative, I won't share it. You know what I'm saying? So if I eat something that I don't like, I'll share with the owner 
or I'll tell them I won't do a video of it. But at the end of the day, taste is subjective. Food is objective. Exactly. Like how you taste is different, right? Like, like my homie Crab Boss is on. Food, seafood on the East Coast is going to be different from seafood in, and I live in Chicago. Exactly. So when I go to a restaurant, and I think people should do this with no matter what they do. When you go to somewhere, you should have great expectation and hoping that it's going to be good. Don't go to a restaurant saying, man, everybody's talking some this good soul food. My grandma made the best soul food. So they <laughs> be my grandma's. Because naturally and emotionally, your mind is not going to allow you to fully indulge and embrace what you're eating. Right. That's why when I go places, I don't have, I only have expectations that I'm going to have a great experience. I think that's what causes people in businesses. Like that's why I think cause customers to look at businesses different because they're expecting something to be either be better or greater than something that they've already experienced. When in reality, you should just go into it with a clean slate, clean plate, mm-hmm. stand to yourself like, you know what? I'm going to have a great experience. I'm going to have a good time. This is going to be good. And then make an assessment based on what you receive, not based on comparison of another. Right, what you've had previously. Right. But, but I think this is, um, this leads me back to like two things that I think you learned how to hone in on. One is, I know a lot of like new emergent entrepreneurs, they struggle to find their niche. And so Uh it sounds like you dealt with that in the beginning. Like I'm trying, 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 it's not working out. So you were able to find your niche, but let me ask you this. And in finding your niche, did Mm -hmm. you feel like comfortable in doing that? Did you feel like, Oh my God, if, if I only focus on black owned restaurants, then I'm going to miss out on all these other people and all this other money I could be making right now. Talk a little bit about that journey. Yeah, because check this out. I've had people tell me I would not make a living like just doing like restaurants, right? <laughs> so let me tell you this. And a lot of people don't know this, especially for everybody who's watching on Instagram. The first week, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm gonna be 100% real. Somebody told me, why would you only do black restaurants? If you only do that, you're not gonna be able to make a living. And I kind of allowed them to influence my decision. So mm-hmm. I changed my name from Black People Eats to All People Eats. See, a lot of people don't know this. Mm-hmm. I changed on Instagram and on Facebook. And the day I changed my name, I was at my best friend's house and I was showing him what I was getting ready to do. And I noticed that a restaurant, Peaches in Chicago, Illinois, they have posted a video of these uh, hang, hang, uh, hangover, hangover wings. Hangover wings. If I found a video, yeah. I fit it to you so people can see it. They posted a video of hangover wings. And I noticed, I was like, oh, it's not saying on my page, but they tagged black people eat. And oh. I said, you know what? I ain't gonna ever let nobody talk me out of what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm gonna guarantee you this. I'm gonna show myself that it can be done, not other people. Cause sometimes when you try to prove another person wrong, you pretty much making moves to prove other people wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the wrong mindset to have. I think the best mindset to have is, I believe that I can do this and I'm gonna manifest it. I'm gonna make it happen. So yeah. Like when you only working with like the black culture, but now what I'm seeing is when I first started Black People Eats, it wasn't really people doing solely black restaurants. So right. now what happened is people see that there is value in black restaurants. So now people want to jump jump on a bandwagon because black restaurants bring in the business. Mm-hmm. That's why all these major companies hire black executive chefs. That's why a lot of owners will give black restaurant uh, chefs part ownership and make them the face because they know that black restaurants and black consumers support hard when it comes to food. Cause we have the best food, but we always led the movement in cooking always. So it was hard in the beginning uh, because you really, really had to be consistent enough to figure <laughs> out where your income can come from. But that's when I always say, Sharice, you got to be intimate with innovation because if you sleep in bed with innovation and you get intimate with it, there are going to be things that in innovation will give you that will exchange with you that you'll be able to come up with creatively on how you can move the business forward, which is how, you know, I was able to get the discover partnership, which is how I was able to get the partnership with General Mills and Kingsford, because I literally laid in bed with innovation and spent time loving innovation enough where it gave me creative ability that plus God gave me creative ability to now create campaigns, which is now where I'm, you know, seeing true profit from, you know. Right, right. Um, and it was also, it was also honestly like patience, 
it was it's restaurants with my clients now that it took me two to three years giving to them before they actually say, I want to bring you on board. Yeah. So finding your niche takes time, but then being consistent at it enough to be able to make profit takes even more time because you want to be authentic in, in, in gaining money. There's and provide value at the same time. Right. And provide value because there was $2 billion companies I had to say no to before I said yes to discover. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about it, the power is never in the yes, the power is in the no. When you're an entrepreneur, That's a word right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Like when you're an entrepreneur, Sharice, what I learned is it's easy to say yes, but it's harder to say no. If you want to move forward, you literally have to analyze and assess the ramifications of saying yes. That's why saying no is so powerful because you cannot do everything with everyone and everybody. Right. Which actually leads me into what I was thinking about next is your no came from the values that you hold with Black People Eat uh -huh. and more specifically your branding. So can you share a little bit of the identity behind Black People Eat? What does it, what are the values, the branding? Share a little bit about that and why you had to actually say no. Okay, so values. Let me tell you this. My mentor, Cornelius Lindsay, this man told me this. He said, your decisions are dictated by your values, not your emotions. Mm. Because I was getting ready to go to the restaurant and I was telling him some stuff and he was like, well, what? Well, why are you not going to go? And I told him why. It was, it was a little personal. And he was like, what they got to do with your business? Right. And he was like, what does that have to do with your business? Your business model is connecting people to black restaurants. What you feel personally has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Your values dictate your decisions, not your emotions. And now that I've sat on that for like a year and a half, I realize why he say that. Because when you don't want to get in, lay in bed with somebody, you got to figure out, are y'all sharing the same values? Right, like, right. you know, we've all, men and women, have all been in a situation messing around with somebody when we got the short end of the stick. Mm -hmm. Why do we get the short end of the stick? Because we lowered our value for somebody who didn't value what we value, which means we lowered our standards, which means our expectations were lower, which means we got, we, 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 we ain't made love. You know, <laughs> you got screwed over. Yeah. So the thing is, what I've learned is, your values lead you with your decisions. Mm -hmm. So what I had to do is the core principles of Black People Eats. Uh, we have principles, then we have values. Uh, the first is the vision statement. The vision statement for me is the framework, right? Mm -hmm. The vision right. statement is making people, giving people joy through food. That's the vision statement, right? Mm -hmm. That's plain and simple. When you look at a post, that's what you're going to do. If you look at everything we do, you're going to get joy, Right. How do we do that, which is the mission? By connecting them to Black-owned restaurants. Now, our core principles is authenticity, consistency, and emotional stability. Authenticity because, Sharice, it gets super hard. It gets super hard. You can be compromising at any moment for that dollar. But <laughs> at the end of the day, authenticity says, no matter what I do, I will stay true to who I am, mm -hmm. even if it's saying no to billion-dollar organizations. Right. Right? Yeah. Consistency says when somebody called me and say, why you do black people eat? That sucks. That's stupid. Uh, who only go support black restaurants? Consistency keeps you going when you don't get the results and when you don't get the support. Mm -hmm. Authenticity says, and I'll tell you, I did that. Emotional stability says I'm going to be grounded enough in who I am and will not allow my emotions to rule me. Right. guide me but not rule me because being grounded in your emotions is key in business because if you try to rationally make a decision based on your how you feel you're gonna make the wrong decision mm -hmm. so th those are those are my core principles and that's to me is what helps me because when i work with somebody i look at their value system and if they values don't match my values we don't work together mm -hmm. and instead of telling them no you can say um, sorry, our values don't align with each other. And that's it. So that's pretty much what I've embedded into Black People East, which has helped us grow so, so much. So going behind the scenes a little bit, one of the 
sponsors that worked with you last year because Black People Eats had a phenomenal year. You made more money in the pandemic than you did in any year prior in your business. But I, I remember a comment that one of the sponsors that came to you made and they talked about your image. Can you share a little bit about the branding of your image as far as Black People Eats? Yeah, so honestly, I wanted to be different. Uh, There's not no shade in nobody, but I personally wanted to be different, right? Uh, like, I don't drink, I don't smoke, so I really don't promote alcoholic beverages. Uh, I don't do, like, any uh, edibles or nothing like that because I don't drink or smoke. So my job was to have an optimistic image so when you saw me or you saw, like, my business, that you would get positivity. Mm-hmm. I did not want to be known as somebody who's a snake, which is why I had to really put a lot of rules in place. I had to put a lot of system in place, which could protect me from me doing anything stupid or being seen as stupid. Because like even one thing that I learned working with uh, Discover, you know, if you do something stupid, that contract could be ended. Yeah. So what I, one thing that I had to realize is for me, our image was when you see it, you're going to think of excellence. You're going to think of integrity. You're going to think of authenticity. You're going to think of innovation. You're going to think of joyfulness. You know, you're going to think that, you know, we value service. We value expertise. We value integrity. Those are the things that I wanted to do. My image was really exude my principles, Mm -hmm. my values. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what we had to do because when, when people see your image, right? Your image is the most important thing because that essentially is the groundwork or the framework for how people will view you. How people see you is how people will view you and how people will view you is how they will think about you and how they will think about you is how they feel about you. How they feel about you is how they will treat you. Right. What you show, what you post online, honestly, is like your digital resume. Yeah. Like, this is what they're going to see about you. And this is how they're going to feel about you. You know what I'm saying? And this is what they're going to know about you. So we made it a point that when you see Black people eat, you're going to get great food, great vibes, great fun, great people, entertainment, and joy. And I specifically made it where me and my team, that's all we do. You know what I'm saying? And that's really, really, you know, what helped us a lot, honestly. So before let's go back before we got to the big sponsorship that happened Uh um talk a little bit about the whirlwind (laughs) success of black people eats last year what made you want to get started with let's just start with the restaurant relief fund okay so we was doing black people eats already for two years and um man it just got real so before all this stuff happened I had got a, I woke up on Instagram and I got tagged in a lot of stuff. A restaurant, Kill Ends, had the window damage because it was downtown Chicago and Michigan Avenue. And they and got I, hit by the riots, right? They got hit by the riots. And my homie's ex-girlfriend had commented under the post. It was like, man, somebody should totally start something to help them out. And I said, that's nice, but people may not know her. So people might see her and be like, who is That's you and how we trust you? Yeah. So I literally made a decision within three hours. I said, we're going to start a relief fund. We're going to raise 50. Did I say 50,000? Yeah, no, I think I said, it was like 20,000. We started really Yeah, lovely. yeah, yeah. I said 20,000. We're just going to get 40 restaurants, $500. And then after that, one thing that I realized, we raised 50,000 in two days. Mm-hmm. We raised 25 in a day, 50 in two days, 60 in a week, 75 in two weeks. And then there was individual companies who I gave like 20,000, like separately. So then after that, I was just like, oh, wow, you know, like this is legit. So then right after the fundraiser raise, I said, you know what? I'm going to do something for Juneteenth. I'm going to do a $6.19 special. And I put that together in six days, me and my team, we put that together in six days. Man, we did 500,000 in sales in that one day. And we only did it within six days. And I was still working a full-time job mm-hmm. while I was doing all of this. <laughs> and I worked, I was working in finance. And in finance, I was moving money, working in investments and stocks and all that stuff. So, like, I'm working in a high-paced value job. It's mentally taxing, yeah. And I also burned out and drink. But, listen, that's really what led to the movement. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I raised all that money. We gave it all away. I didn't take nothing. 
the fundraiser, none of that money came to me. The uh, festival for Juneteenth, none of that money came to me. And after that, I got to deal with Discover. So like when you give to your community consistently, which what I was doing the past two and a half years, yeah, deal. Then after that deal happened, bro, more deals came. And now I was like, man, I can create deals and just pitch it to companies. So that's what I realized. Like Black people eat, man. It was just really revolutionary um, how God used me and, and my business with my team through food to bring the world together at a time of crisis to really unify people. So that's really, really, you know, what was happening for all the brand deals and stuff. Like people was already connecting, mm-hmm. but Juneteenth, not June, yeah, Juneteenth and a restaurant relief fund had people really connected to each other because they saw disparity between black restaurants and other culture restaurants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you recently won an award, right? For that. Yeah, man, it's crazy, guys. I, I'm not really like a big, I don't really celebrate my achievements like that. I celebrate other people, but I never celebrate my achievements. But yes, we won. Uh, actually, during that last year, we won a Making a Difference Award from NBC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, uh, Black People East, we just won uh, a social justice, social advocacy, a social justice advocacy uh, where a social justice advocacy award from the Chicago Tribune. So it was just like, yo, it's crazy. <laughs> because That's I not what we saw last year at all. We no, had a whole different no. plan, y'all. We actually, the month like the pandemic really hit, we were doing a, a buffet. I think, was it at Nita's Gumbo or something like that? We were trying yeah, to. Yeah, my event. We was, we was getting ready to do events every month. Yeah, and it shut it. down. <laughs> it shut down. We had to cancel it, so it was crazy. But yeah, we were like, "What are we? What are we gonna do?" I don't know. We just gonna repost right now. Just <laughs> repost and and figure it out. And it ended up turning out to be phenomenal. So let's dive into some of the business coaching um, that you've received from me. More specifically, I'm talking about Blacktober. So. <laughs> Can you, right, share, no, can you share with the people the truth behind <laughs> oh yeah black tober festival virtual so festival. so check this out guys if you really want to go far you need a good team i've had a team probably since the beginning right i got a strong team it's a strong core tight team here's the key we want to do a festival called black tober i had the idea about two years ago so i already knew it was gonna happen I was going to do it one year, but it didn't happen. And then I was going to do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to end up doing it the following year. But then that didn't happen. And so. I made you promise when you decided in 2019, you were like, I can't do it. The venue. No, no, no. I say, okay, next year I'm not playing with you. We're doing the right. festival. Right. That, so that this, was for 2020. I made you promise we were going to get the festival done. Go ahead. Right. So this is what happened, everybody. After the pandemic, I didn't see how it could be done. Let me be honest with you. So Sharissa uh, said, uh, we can still do it. And I was like, how? <laughs> and sometimes when I don't want something that done, I will strategically use my intellect to pinpoint flaws so that person can't answer my question. So my answer could be yes, right? Uh, so my answer could be yes. So that way I don't have to do it. But anyways, she gave it to me. She's like, we can do this. We can do this. I'm like, it can't be done. So I was like, all right, we're going to do it, but it ain't going to work. I was, be honest with you, I was negative about it. Um, We had 800 people registered. We had like 20 people buy tickets. Um, After that, General Mills was one of the people who bought tickets. Because of that, we talked to them on and off from October, December, and then sealed a deal in January, well, we really sealed the deal in December to have a Black History Month campaign. Yep. So if I want to even start at Blacktober, I want to have received the deal from General Mills or uh, I can't say the other company because we're still talking. And there's another big company uh, that's really, really big. Mm-hmm. So that all came from me starting something that I didn't want to start. So that's really why it's important to have a team um, because sometimes you know, your team can push you in where in areas you don't want to go. Cause I really didn't want to do it. 
Honestly, because one, I really didn't feel like doing all the work. And then two, I just ain't see it happening. And I'm a visionary. So when I can't see something happening, I'm immediately, immediately closed off. Mm-hmm. So that's how our festival started. And because I it, it didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. But sometimes things are not supposed to happen the way it's supposed to happen for you to learn something. So seeing that I did it, seeing that we, not I, seeing that we did a digital festival, I was like, hold up. I could do this again. And we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. We could do this. So like, yeah. I would have never received my partnership with General Mills if it wasn't for the festival, which ultimately led to my team. And what is even me? So I even tell my team, I should just give y'all all the money. <laughs> I, I didn't even want to do it. So that's why it's so important that uh, I remember one time one of my entrepreneur friends called me and asked me, she said, um, how do you get people to work for you? And I said, because it's bigger than me. People do not want to work for somebody who's, who is only about them. It can't never only be about you. It always has to be about them. Mm -hmm. It's just about you. People will never give you 100%. People need to submit to your vision. I never let nobody work with me unless they believe in a vision. Because if people only want to work for you because of you, they're not going to last. They will not last. You You want people who will work for the vision. And I would like to add, um, I think previous revenue came from sponsors and restaurants, right? That was the first time, or I would not say the first time, it was the largest um, amount that revenue that came in, at least in the four-figure range, from actual followers for you too. So we were able to actually monetize your followers this time around, not just focus on the corporations and the restaurants being able to fund things. So that was, uh, it was fun. It was fun. You know what? Let me add to that real quick. Yeah. It's all about brand for everybody who's listening. It's not about the product. It's about the brand. Most people get caught up on, I got this amazing product and it's not the best that wins it's the product that people knows about do i got my phone let me see oh i don't, I don't have it it's not the best that wins it's the best that people knows about i'm a, I'm a visual person so how about this let's just say this blue chip is the best one i mean it's the best it got the best structure it got the best design you got this this don't mean nothing if everybody knows about yellow exactly this becomes irrelevant and people truly believe because they have the best product that makes them the best. That means nothing. We can all know 50 restaurants, a thousand restaurants that got better burgers than McDonald's. But who sell the most? McDonald's. Right. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that's the burger that people know about. It's not the best that wins. It's the product, the community, the brand that people knows about. And while people too busy trying to cash in early on their consumers, I was focused on building on my brand. Branding to me is like dating. And it's simple. It's plain. Go you, ahead and break it down. <laughs> this is the key. If you want to know the key to branding, here it is. This is the key to anything you do in life. Branding, relationships, friendships, business decisions. If you can add value consistently with no strings attached, you will create an emotional connection, which will create a high value relationships, which will conceive trust. Here it is. Example, my community. I pick them up in the car. I drive to their house. And the house, the person, the the girl that's getting in the car essentially represents my entire community, right? Mm -hmm. So you drive to their house. You pull up, you open the door. When you get dressed, you got the cologne spray, you got the nice suit jacket on or the iron shirt, whatever it is. You got your cologne on, you got your pants ironed, your shoes is clean, right? Then when you pull up to their house, you open the door, you open the door, you let them sit in there, you have them flowers for them. When you get to the restaurant, you make sure your car is clean. Make sure your car is clean. Then when you get to the restaurant, you valet. You don't want, you don't, you don't, she don't need to walk. You valet, you open the restaurant door. 
when you go there, already have reservations set. Then when you get there, you open up the chair. Then after you open up the chair, you push in. Let them get whatever they want from the menu. Have a great conversation. Now, don't do all of that to take them to the room to hit a one-night stand. You do all that to truly add value. You mean you don't want nothing from this person. You take them back home, don't do anything, and you let them go. <laughs> That's the key. If you can do that consistently with your community every day, add value with no strings attached and not trying to one night stand them. What's the one night stand? Somebody who do all that stuff to manipulate you to get the goal. What's the goal? The sale. What's the goal? To try to push your product. Mm -hmm. But if you can consistently give, 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 give to somebody every day with no strings attached, not trying to sell them anything, not trying to give them a product, but literally say, I'm going to add value to you. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Consistently. You're going to build trust. You might lose in the short term, but you win in the long term. Right. And we're all That's why long game in business. That makes a huge, huge difference. Go ahead. Ready for this? People ain't ready for this. You work in business. You work with the end game in mind, not the beginning. The real reason people can't show love to their community is because they're thinking about the sale. Right. They're thinking about the transaction. It's all about them. Me, me, me. And guess what? Those are one night standards. And ladies, y'all all know you can smell a one night stand. You know that dude trying to finesse you, manipulate you. It's what people call an F boy. You know, people, you know that he's only doing what he's doing to hit. And guess what? After he hit, he gone. So what do you think about your community and how they think they feel about you? Well, all you try to do is push to buy a product or get a sale or get a coaching class or to get a client. And then they get you, they get the goods, they get the money and then boom. They drop you, yeah. You want to get somebody who loves you for the sake of loving you. That's the key to business, mm -hmm. that they love giving value to you. They love adding value, that they love doing it consistently, that they love just being able to 100% give to you with no strings attached. That is the key to business. Mm -hmm. That is the key to branding. That is a key to everything you do. And if people understood that concept, man, they would win. But they don't. They just feel like, hey, I got this amazing product over here. So everybody's going to buy because it's the best and it's the need. That don't mean nothing. Right. It's so many other people selling the same exact thing that you were selling anyway. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. There was people who were supporting Black restaurants before I came, but not to the magnitude in which Black People East did it. And... No, I don't do the comparison and the competitive thing, but we really crush competition because we care about the community. I don't care about businesses. I care about the community and restaurants. I don't care about yeah. all that stuff. And I would say too, it's not, it's not a front with you. And, and I don't want to share too much of that part, but we do know that there are a lot of businesses that look like they're, um, here to support black owned restaurants when really they're just there for the money. Cause they know like it's the it thing or it's a trending thing right now. So now we're going to get on the bandwagon and do this thing. And their, their heart, the level of integrity is not really there. They're just doing it because it's cool right now and it looks good. You know, it's funny. Integrity is who you is when you turn the camera off and you close the laptop and you turn your phone off. Right. Mm -hmm. When people meet me in person, even though black people is like a big company, right. When people meet me in person, they be like, yo, you genuinely authentic and real. I've been loving food. I've been <laughs> loving food, man. My parents, I've been cooking since I was um, 10. Mm -hmm. I had advanced cooking classes when I was 14, 15. Mm -hmm. I worked in a restaurant uh, from 16 to 22. My mom makes everything from scratch, pretty much. I've been loving food. I get infatuated thinking about food. <laughs> Like, no, he is not lying at I love all. food. So I don't just come around and one night stay in my community for however often. Y'all going to get consistent love, consistent value daily, daily. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you this. Nobody in the black food industry will outwork me. I guarantee you nobody. Mm -hmm. I do this every day. Nobody will outwork me. And I'm going to be honest with you. Some of my work is not even the best work. I don't even put a lot of energy in the best pictures and the best videos. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, 
nobody will outwork me. That's a fact. And I don't even really do that, but nobody will outwork me. You might be better than me, but you're not going to outwork me. Because it's not just about your talent. It's about your work ethic. Your work ethic will bring you far because your character can keep you, bring you to the room, but your work ethic will sustain you. Right. And your vision will carry you. So you will not outwork me and you will not outvision me. Because my, <laughs> okay. my mind, okay. my mind, my mind is, is literally... Uh, like my mind is always looking at vision it is always yes you are super creative I will definitely give you that especially when it comes to our conversations and all the ideas that you have and I'm like okay like how can we make this happen let's hone it in let's get focused here you know what Sharice Mm -hmm. you people whoever watching this entrepreneur leader creative you should spend more time thinking Mm mm-hmm and then less time. No, wait. You need to spend more. You need to spend time thinking. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. I spend time thinking, and that's why black people eats is where it's at, and that's why Jeremy is where he is. I was one night, and for lots of black people know I'm a Christian. I was praying one night, and I asked God in a super spiritual moment. I said, God, give me a double portion of what both my mentors have. There's this guy in the Bible, his name is Elijah, and he had a double portion of his mentor, Elijah. And I said, God, the moment was so supernatural. I said, God, I want a double portion of what both my mentors have. One of my mentors has four companies. The other one has 11. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about the mind. I wasn't even talking about the businesses. I was talking about yeah. strategy. Right. Ever since that day, my man was spit out strategy like it's nothing. So like i pray for my mind to be more of a visionary and strategic and execution and that's one of the reasons i feel like after that day i seen my my level of my business increase mm-hmm. you know because uh if you if you want wisdom ask for it so not only did i just ask for the wisdom then i said okay show me how to execute it because right. you can be super intelligent and smart and don't know how to execute so then I said, well, show me how to execute. And that's when, okay, this is a good idea, but this is going to have to happen five years from now. This is a good idea. This is going to maybe have to happen another year from now, or this might happen 10 years from now. You know, every idea don't mean it's supposed to be executed at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. And I think just having the wisdom to know that is a whole, nother, it's like a whole nother conversation. We, we can do that another day. We can do that another Friday. Yeah, we try to do that. Like, you know, five things in the fire at one time. And then we wonder why they're not all popping off. It's because we got too many things going on. Um, but speaking of things going on, tell us what we can expect from Black People Eats this year. Yo, okay. I get excited when we talk about this. And I haven't <laughs> even posted this last, so y'all about to get a little special in the treatment. <laughs> yeah, about to get treatment. We're working on Juneteenth Restaurant Festival again this year. Last year, Juneteenth did 500,000. This year, it's going to do a million. I guarantee you, I'm not going. My goal is to bring a million dollars to black restaurants in one day. I'm not going. This Juneteenth is going to happen. Juneteenth will be in Chicago and Atlanta this year. So it's about to be busting. I'll be in Chicago and Atlanta this year. Outside of that, you can expect um, we're going to launch a podcast. We're getting ready to start interviewing restaurant owners because nobody does that in the black community. So we're getting ready to start doing that. We're dropping our first product at the end of August, uh, August, September. Uh, I will not be telling you what it is, but all I can tell you, it's a kid's product in the food. It's a food kid's product. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> um, more re- more campaigns, more campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually just got meeting with an NFL company right before we got on this call. Somebody just, an NFL company just emailed me. Mm-hmm. So like right now, corporate connections to really impact the community and then focus on the festival Juneteenth and Blacktober. Awesome. Awesome. Love that. Okay. So if anybody wants to work with you, what kind of uh, packages do you offer? How can you help? Please share. So if anybody wants to work with Black People East, they can email info at blackpeopleeast.com. I finally had the courage. Yes, I was shot. I finally had the courage to really start helping people with um, branding strategies because I really prefer, like, I'm gonna be real with you. 
there's too many people in this Instagram social media world that's trying to teach people about how to build brands and get marketing strategies and they have never built anything. And it really pisses me off that uh it just, really pisses him off, y'all. It really pisses <laughs> me off. I, I hate people. No, I strongly dislike yeah. emphasize on all caps, dislike <laughs> these coaches that's online teaching people how to build brands and they're giving them book knowledge. Mm-hmm. And they're buying and selling basic stuff. And it really upsets me. So <laughs> I finally decided. So now I help people with their branding. I give branding strategies. Um, I do audits for social media. And I, I really, re- I help people rewire the mindset and adopt an effective branding mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can teach people knowledge and information, but if their mindset is going to change, exactly. you're pretty much trying to grow flowers on bad ground. Mm-hmm. So my goal is to replace the soil. So now when seeds are implemented, you can germinate into a, a branding tree that produces the branding fruit. And when people are abide it, they want to keep coming back to your garden. So my job is to rewire the mindset behind what people think branding is and to replace it with what branding actually is. Not just the, the why, but I give people the how. Okay. So um, we do a lot of brand strategies for people. Uh, we do uh, like social media audits for people. In addition to that, uh, we really do like a really a lot of brand identity, brand strategies, anything branding we do because it's easy for me and I want to be able to articulate somebody else so it can be easy for them. Yeah. So we, we do like private coaching calls at the moment. And then later this year, early next year, we will be launching a membership. Um, to really, uh, my goal is to <laughs> amp, to help create 1 million personal brands. Uh, that's my goal. That's the vision to create 1 million personal brands. So we're going to be really taking the mindset of people and cultivating a community so people can understand what branding is truly and how to impact their community. All right. And they can also follow you right on Instagram at Black People Eats and uh-huh. they can book their um, branding strategy calls with you through your Instagram page. So you can explain a little bit about the, the Instagram page. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So typically, guys, if you guys are interested, you can just shoot me an email. Um, it's right on my Instagram page at Black People Eats or at j.e.joyce. There's a, a link where you might say just message. You can email me. Um, and then when you email, you can be like, hey, you know, I really need help with my brand. And I'm actually now starting to take on clients where we have put them through a pipeline program. So it's only going to be a few people at a time. So it's super limited, you know, because I really want to. Some people need their hands to be held. And that doesn't mean you're not capable. That just means it's easy for you to walk through the the, the street of, of busyness in a street of confusion, you know, when you're not uh, clear yourself. So, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. So that's my goal is to really do that. And they can do that by shooting me an email, info at Black People Eats, or they can go to uh, Black People Eats and uh, book an appointment. Awesome. Okay, thank you for sharing that. And I'm looking forward. Um, I've been trying to get him to do this membership, (laughs) y'all. Yeah, man, my team. I'm going to be honest with you. Sharice of my team been trying to get me to do a membership for like a year. I've always said no. Jeff, who's my uh, data analysis analysis slash YouTube manager, uh, he's been trying to get me to do the podcast for about uh, a year and a half. Because here's the thing, man. I don't really, I'm not big on bragging and accomplishments, but like, Black people each had a database of every black restaurant in the world in 2019. Like we've been doing this, but the thing is, it's about adding value, man. You don't need to prove yourself to nobody. And I need to tell somebody this because sometimes you feel like you need to prove yourself to people. Man, your job is to empower your community through your vision. All this other stuff is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Man, it's, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Empower your community, man. Skip all other stuff. And I think my um be always be careful who you lay in bed with. When you sign a contract, you indebted to that company. You know what I'm saying? I have said no to money. And we talking about money that would have helped me in a lot of ways. <laughs> I said no to it in 
I want to kill. And at this time, I was still working, knowing I'm going to quit. So let that sink in. You could potentially be getting a fifty, hundred thousand dollar check, and you say no, knowing you want to leave your job. You ain't people not ready for that. People ain't ready to see a company who probably got some of the most, the top, one of the top companies in the world reach out to you and you say no. Mm-hmm. You people not ready for that. People not man. People not ready for that. You want the glamour and glitz of entrepreneurship, but you don't want the pain of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is not sweet. Mm -hmm. It's not sweet. It's not about the check. It'll challenge you for sure. It'll challenge your principles, your values, what you claim you stand for, your integrity, all things at the same time. You, 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 you want to see if you're a true honorable person? Say no to some money. (laughs) Look, look, look Look at an email and be like, Man, I'm going to say no to this. Man, I remember I've said no to so many companies. If I said the names of the companies, everybody would think I was tweaking. <laughs> I remember recently somebody sent me something about a company. And I was like, they pitched this to me last summer. Mm-hmm. I told them no. See, you got to you gotta really, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of God. You got to really use a Holy Spirit to discern decisions right um samantha chapman told me um man she was interviewing me for juneteenth and she told me the power of the moment you gotta seize your moment Mm -hmm. and that stuck with me that stuck with me and then weeks later somebody called me and told me this they said Every moment has an expiration. That's and true. I was like, yo, you got to seize your moment when your moment come. Right. I always say this. You got to milk the cow, cow while it's in your barn. Because it won't always have milk. <laughs> and when the milk runs out, you got to be able to move with the cow to figure out where's the new milk. Right. See, what some people do is they stay in a place and stay stagnant. And that's why it's important. Mm-hmm. It's important. And now you're giving out people dry milk, expired milk. You got to <laughs> assess when the expiration is coming. You right. got to sell your now and build your next. Because what a visionary does, Sharice, is a visionary is able to see what's coming next. Bring the future to the present. But don't get so caught up in the present that they're stuck in the future. They still embrace the now. So when the new now comes to the present, they're ready for it. Mm -hmm. That's what a a visionary can see beyond the moment, bring the moment, maximize on the moment when it gets here and prepare themselves. So when it comes, they're not worried on the past moment. They're worried on the new moment, which is now the now moment. It is so important to have a visionary when you're doing something, because if not, you will lose. What happened to black blockbuster? Lack of visionary? Lose. Yeah. If you, yo, if you don't have a visionary next to you, if you can't, because a visionary is like, like everybody on my team is a visionary because when I'm thinking about this can't be done, they're thinking about, we got to work with the end goal in mind. That's why it's so important to have a vision because with a vision, you work with the end goal in mind. And when you have the end goal in mind, you work backwards. Mm -hmm. It's, Sad note, little sidebar drop here. Hence why a girl will be dating a man and she just get played for five years. Why? Because he has no end goal in mind. <laughs> oh boy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Imagine yeah. imagine you dating a man just to date. He don't want to get married. He just want to date. His end goal is pleasure. So if he's working backwards, he's going to treat you to how his end goal is. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to ask somebody, what's the end goal? What's the end goal? What's your end goal? Mm-hmm. I ask people, what's the end goal? Skip, skip, skip. Hey, I really want to work with you. You know, black people, this is good. What's the end goal? Right, exactly. What's, what's That's going to determine whether or not we should even be working together <laughs> in the first Right. Time. Remember I said earlier. Or if I can even help you. Remember when you work with people, you land in the bed with them. But the question is, are you going to make love or are you going to get raped? Mm-hmm. Right. 
So that's why it's so important. You got to be careful, man. Some companies will rape you and take everything. They rape you and rob you. You got to have a visionary. A visionary sees beyond the moment. And when that moment comes, you got to seize it because moments expire. Exactly. Yeah. Man, you shared so much today. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you are definitely one of the favorites here on Centered Sunday. I think our interview, I think we did one last year, yeah. is my fourth highest listened to interview. So oh, amazing. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know what I know. You. Honestly, Mark. Can I give them one last piece of advice? One, yes, one last piece of advice. Well, I thought about it. how much time we get. I love, I love interviewing with you. How much time we get? That, that's like two really. minutes. <laughs> two minutes. All right, I'm making one minute. Last piece of advice. Assess where you're supposed to be and ask yourself, are you on the track that you're supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Don't look at people like me and my business and like Sharice and her business. Don't look at what we do. Look at what we had to sacrifice. Look at that we're on a journey, the journey that requires a lot. And really ask yourself, are you really ready to put in the work to sacrifice and give up a lot to embrace your purpose? It's the last thing I tell to somebody, really count up all the costs that it takes to walk in your purpose. Because it's not sweet. It's not easy. Yeah. And even we have to come back and talk about, you know, how do you handle burnout? How do you handle people copying your work? Sometimes the day. like it's so I, many people that stole my work last year. <laughs> even Fast. this year too. Sure. Big companies. Big companies. It's big companies, corporate multi-billion, month a multi-billion dollar company stole my work. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. saw me as a threat. <laughs> We got to come back and literally talk about how you deal with somebody steal what you do and you can't do nothing about it. Exactly. How you deal with being burned out, but people see you or what I call I last summer and then I'm done. I was a public success, but I felt like a private failure. See, people ain't ready for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to come back. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about it for sure. Cause I think it happens a lot. And I think it happens almost at every stage. Like every time we're about to level up, it's like that old version of you kind of collapses and you have to build up a new version of you. And sometimes we're just not ready. And if we're not having those conversations and sharing how we're feeling, especially mentally, emotionally, and spiritually with those around us, we will implode. And before we know it, everything we just built, we just blew it up. So we're for sure going to bring you back and talk about that as well. But we're going to go ahead and close out for today. Definitely coming back. And we're going to say our affirmations before we close out. I am wanted. I am. Oh, that's me too. Hey, <laughs> I am wanted. Hey, I am wanted. Hey, hey, yeah. yeah. I am loved. I am wanted. I am loved. And I belong. And I belong. I'm wanted. I love. I belong. Hey, <laughs> hey. On the podcast. Hey, I hey, I wish hey, you guys hey, could see hey. him over here bugging out. all right you guys have an amazing week thank you so much jeremy all right y'all